As the title of this episode may imply, this week's is a direct sequel to last week's, when we discussed the battle between John Cena and CM Punk at Money in the Bank 2011. And I'm going to be straight with you. Even though they're airing one after another, the first part was recorded in July of 2018, and I'm recording this in October, so I do not remember what all we discussed. Possible spoilers abound. In any case, it's not a spoiler to say that in 2011, and indeed in 2018, John Cena is deeply entrenched in WWE, and his character represents business as usual in mainstream American wrestling. But back in June of 2006, John Cena was a bit more of an unknown quantity. He was still the biggest star in WWE by a wide margin, but he had only won his first world championship a little over a year earlier, and was generally less secure in his position as the face of the company than he is now. Pro wrestling history is littered with stars who got red hot for a minute and then flamed out, and at this point in history, that definitely could have happened to John Cena. And while WWE was hunkering down to see how long the John Cena experiment would run, they began to plan another one. The revival of ECW. ECW had been a so-called hardcore promotion based around ramped-up sex and violence that gained a cult following in the late 90s, but was bought out by WWE in 2001. Over the years, fan interest remained strong, and in 2006, WWE decided to bring back the departed promotion under their own banner, with a star just as hot as John Cena as its center. Rob Van Dam had come to WWE when ECW folded and established himself as a grassroots favorite. People loved RVD. Even when WWE seemed reluctant to feature him over more conventional, homegrown talent. With the ECW revival on the horizon, though, WWE finally decided to roll the dice on Rob Van Dam. It would be ECW's long-overlooked poster boy against WWE's newly anointed chosen one in front of a rabid mob of ECW fanatics in a worryingly intimate setting. Today on I Hate Wrestling, it's John Cena versus Rob Van Dam, Hostile Territory, a part two. Ahmed's back! Hi. Hey. Nice. That's exactly what we did last time. It's exactly what we did last time. And last, Is that true? That's true. That's why I did that. You were a little more excited last time. I said, Ahmed's back! And you went, hi! Damn. I'm really predictable. <laughs> I'm not happy about this. No, no, it's good. It's good because, you know, that was, that was I believe, uh, don't quote me if I'm wrong here, and I might cut it out because it's my show and I'm the cut master, but check this out. I think that was the intro to... Hostile Territory Part 1. With one Philip J. Brooks? That's the one. Charles Montgomery Punk. Uh-huh. Chick Magnet. Chick As Magnet Punk. The legal record of Chick Sh- Magnet Punk. Sure, 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 sure. Yes, 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 yes. So my point is that that was Part 1, and this is Part 2. And I'm thinking I might, re- I might release them one after the other, two weeks in a row. Direct sequel. Wait, who, who's this? Who's, who's this accent? What is this? I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm feeling my oats right now. Uh, I'll be real with you. As you might be able to hear from my nostril situation, I have a little bit of a cold. Good thing we're, we're snuggled up here on the couch together. I was going to say, I did not know this. Uh, you couldn't hear me like sniffling and... Uh, I was busy looking into your eyes. Sure, so sure. They're nice eyes. Yeah. They're like a light brown. Like, like you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
we're four minutes into this and is it already a racial epitaph? <laughs> racial epitaph? Epitaph? Epithet. A racial epitaph would be like, here lies a China man. Am I I thinking of (laughs) Goddamn. Okay, so we're here to discuss the continuing adventures of Mr. Jonathan Felix Anthony Cena. He's got two middle names. He does. And I'm pretty sure his first name is actually just John. Yeah, it's not Jonathan. Yeah, so, so, uh, John Felix Anthony Cena. Uh-huh. J-Fuck. Right. And listen, actually, I said uh, the continuing adventures of John Cena, um, they're continuing from last week, but actually, this particular adventure predates the last John Cena match we talked about by a number of years. What is it? Uh, I think this is 2006, and that's 2011, so five years. Five. There are a number of similarities between the two matches. And as well as some interesting counterpoints between John Cena's opponents in these two matches. So, first of all, we should talk about ECW. 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 Which was the old Extreme Championship Wrestling, which, uh, hot take, was bad, most of it. Oh, it's so bad. It's really bad. Um, If you ever want to review one of those shows, I'll do it. Yeah. I've never seen a full ECW show. You don't need to, I know, because I've got the idea. Okay, so everybody, ECW was revolutionary because it was rough around the edges and crash TV. Balls to the wall. Balls to the wall, right. Um, It was gritty and violent and salacious and... Profane. Profane, provocative. All those good P words. Paul Heyman. Paul. Paul Heyman was the mastermind behind ECW. And Paul Heyman, uh, to his credit, is a great creative mind for professional wrestling. And his greatest strength has always been uh, accentuating the positives of his performers and hiding the negative. And in ECW, he hid a lot of negativity (laughs) because a lot of his performers were not great. They were limited. They were very limited. Um, They didn't have great looks. They had uh, not a lot of wrestling skill. It was what you call garbage wrestling, right? Just a lot of hitting people with stop signs and steel chairs, a lot of blood for the sake of blood. And it was revolutionary because that's not what anybody else was doing in the U.S. at the time. So it worked. But the upshot is it doesn't hold up over time. Because after the hardcore revolution, we had sort of the technical wrestling revolution where guys like Daniel Bryan made their name and suddenly it became about how athletic you were and how technically skilled you were and that's just much more impressive and I think viable long term. Sustainable, definitely sustainable. Yeah. So now you go back and you watch ECW and you're like, what what is this? It's like two hideous middle-aged guys in sleeveless t-shirts just beating each other with chairs for five to ten minutes and then, like, a woman flashes her breasts. And it's like, great show. <laughs> great show. But there was some stuff that ECW really nailed. And some stuff that still holds up. And one of the things that holds up, and one of the few ECW acts that went on to a lot of success elsewhere, was Mr. Uh, Robert Van Dam. Mr. 420. Mr. 420. Mr. Monday Night. 
The whole effing show. The whole effing show. Yep. Uh, Kane's Rob, tag partner. Yep. So, Robin, how would you describe Mr. Van Dam? Oof. Uh, obviously, oh, his name should give you some hint about his uh, his sort of physicality, and he kind of does look like Jean-Claude Van Damme. He looks Damme. very similar to, to uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme. I have just seen Jean-Claude Van Damme on the episode of Friends. Yes! Uh, this morning, actually. So Where he's like, a, fresh he's like I can crush a walnut in my butt. Yes. Like, yeah. Um... He looks. He bears a resemblance to facially, yeah. JCVD. Stylistically, he, uh, Mr. Van Dam, the wrestler, incorporated a lot of um, kung fu kickboxing. Kickboxing, I should say. Yeah, he's he's got a legit kickboxing background. Yeah. Um, he his gimmick, if he had one, was that of. Uh, he was a stoner. He was a stoner, Mister Four Twenty. Yeah. Yeah, but that's there was an interesting contrast between Rob Van Dam in the ring, who was this dynamic daredevil type guy. Yep. But then outside the ring, he was like, "Yeah, man, it's Rob Van Dam. I'm the best." And it was just he wasn't he didn't get excited. No, and he was I- he was so cool, and I mean that in 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 multiple senses. He was an interesting character because. He didn't yell and scream the way your traditional pro wrestler did. He was always very calm, cool, and collected. He had an ironic distance. Yes. He, what's, what's interesting is that you, you kind of uh, paraphrase many of his promo segments. Hey, man, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> he's done a lot of interviews um, about how, how he's been scripted, and he always had a problem with that sort of uh, portrayal of him making him this one-note, that one-dimensional uh, wrestling figure, which he disagreed with. Right, yeah. And at least in the original ECW, it was a note of his character. It wasn't his whole character. Yes. Right, because he was still, he was more of an egotist. He was like, he's like, yo, Rob Van Dam, the whole fucking show. Like, he, was, he had some ego to him. He, yeah. had, some, he had some spice to him. Which they kind of lost in WWE. He became kind of a one-note character. But at the same time, he remained an alternative to WWE because he wasn't at all what WWE would be looking for. Yep. He's, he's, if, if anyone knows who Jeff Hardy is, imagine if Jeff Hardy did not have the support of The Office. Midwest Jeff Hardy. Yeah, where... Midwestern uh, Jeff Hardy. (laughs) Midwestern Jeff Hardy. Um, From Michigan instead of North Carolina. Yes. Uh, Battle Creek, Michigan? Battle Creek, Michigan. Like, fucking airbrushed singlet instead of Jinkos. Yeah, it's so weird, his outfits. You You make a good point about him being sort of very clearly a redheaded stepchild in WWE. Because when ECW went out of business, they were acquired by WWE... WWE knew that he was a hot property. They knew that people were into him, but they never seemed to get it. <laughs> I'm thinking about all the guys that they have under roster at the moment. Yeah, That's a that they hired because they were a name, yep. and they didn't want anybody else to use them. And Rob Van Dam, at the time, like 2001, 2002, was maybe the hottest thing going that they had, and they were just like, I don't understand. We don't get it. Yeah, they don't get it. And... They made it pretty clear that if they had their way, Rob Van Dam was never getting anywhere near the main event because they had their guys. They had their plan for who was going to be promoted as the top guy. And Rob Van Dam was just not it. He wasn't it because even back then when they were edgier, they didn't like that he was vocal about uh, about 
uh, marijuana legalization, which he always has been. He got into, he got into trouble one year because he I think he's still the only guy that's ever refused to do tribute to the troops. Is that true? That I've listened to him on like reg, uh, various podcasts and things like that, so I'm not completely surprised. I didn't know about the tribute to the troops though. It's uh, it's actually pretty interesting. It's that's kind of how I feel about the Susan G. Komen thing. Yeah, that someone they shouldn't be doing that. Stuff. No, it's a little weird. Yeah, but yeah, Rob was just like, no, I think it's weird. I'm not going to do it. Yeah, and we, I think he I think he might have done some subsequent ones, but the like one of the first ones when it was a big deal, he yeah. declined. What a baller. Yeah. I like that. So, you call him a baller, and in the preamble to this recording, you use the baller to describe your boy, Charles Montgomery Punk. Yeah, they're, they're both ballers for different reasons. Yeah, they're very similar and very dissimilar at the same time. I mean, CM Punk obviously is straight edge. Rob Van Dam is not. No. Very, very pro-weed person is, must, mm-hmm. is Mr. Van Dam. Yeah. And... Very, they're both very vocal, but CM Punk always seemed a lot more angrier than Rob Van Dam, a lot more frustrated. They were in a very similar situation as sure. being a person who caught on as an alternative that the fans latched onto and wanted to support, mm-hmm. but WWE kind of pushed them back and said, no, we know you like this guy, so we'll keep him on the show, but we don't want him anywhere near this main event scene that we're cultivating. And CM Punk seemed to take that a lot more personally Rob Van Dam, who always was just like, yeah, that's whatever, it's a job. Well, I think uh, Mr. Mr. Brooks uh, didn't have the marijuana to take the edge off. Fair enough. Um, uh, otherwise, I feel like maybe he wouldn't be so angry. Uh, but that's not the only thing they have in common. Uh, there's a certain Paul. Paul Heyman, who two, was... There's actually two Pauls. Two Pauls. Two Poles of Paul. Yes. One being Mr. Heyman. Yes. And the other one being... Uh, Levesque? Yeah. Is that how you say his yeah. last name? Yeah, who's Triple H. Um, he plays an integral part, I think, in both these guys. Yeah, so Promise. we talked a bit about Paul Heyman before being the, the mastermind behind ECW. And when ECW went out of business, he also got snapped up by WWE. And they brought him on as a commentator at first. And then they sort of wised up to the fact that he could be a creative force. And they brought him on to be... I think the head writer of SmackDown. Yes. And Rob Van Dam eventually wound up on SmackDown, I think. Uh, maybe not during Paul Heyman's tenure, actually. I don't he think was on Raw. I think he was on Raw losing Triple H all the time. Yeah. But he was a Paul Heyman guy. He was, yeah, you're right, because if he had been on SmackDown during that period, he would have been in that main event with... with Eddie with, with, and Edge yeah, and yeah, all yeah. that. All, all, all those dudes. But yeah, he was a guy who Paul Heyman knew he could build a promotion around. And the fact that Paul Heyman, who had built, essentially, out of trash, built Quite a, literally also. Yeah, out of trash, built a promotion that was formidable enough to get WWE to notice it, poach their talent, and put them out of business, is a feat in and of itself. But at the same time, the fact that Paul Heyman had picked Rob Van Dam as the centerpiece of his promotion probably counted against Rob Van Dam. It's, um, if anyone's ever seen the CM Punk documentary, there is a segment on there with Michael Hayes where it, they basically say outright, if Paul Heyman is championing you, we're going to be suspicious. Right, right, because Paul Heyman is constantly subversive 
He's anti-corporate. He's exactly the message that WWE is not trying to put across. And he has a tremendous eye for talent, but he also has a tremendous eye for rocking the boat. And WWE is very concerned with not rocking the boat. They have sponsors. Right? So you don't yeah. want you don't want weed guy. But yeah, RVD was not who they wanted. Mr. Heyman was not who they wanted, but they saw some upside too, so they've kept him around. Right. It's crazy to me that WWE will hire somebody like Paul Heyman for his creative skill, and they'll say, who do you think would be a good... Like, you're paying this guy, mm-hmm. assumedly a handsome salary, sure. to tell you who people will like on your wrestling show. And he tells you Rob Van Dam, and they say, great, thank you, we're not going to use him. Fast forward f- a few years later, same thing. Yeah, they've re- they've resurrected ECW on the sci-fi network of all things. Yep. They put Paul, Paul Heyman in charge of it, and they ask him, who would you take to make the centerpiece of your promotion? He's like, well, CM Punk. And they're like, great. We don't want him. We want Bobby Lashley. Right. Bobby Lashley. Or the big show. Old raisin ears Lashley. Old no eyebrows. <laughs> He's missing the eyebrows. Um, yeah, so the Rob Van Dam experiment, uh, which lasted for quite some time, he got hot and cold at various points. This way, I would say, was probably the hottest after the 2002. Yeah, in 2002, he was molten. Yeah. Like... He, they brought him in as part of the, quote, invasion, which was should have been the biggest storyline in the history of pro wrestling. WWE bought WCW and ECW, their biggest competitors, yep. that they'd been, they'd been sort of trading talent with in this big ratings battle for like 10 years. Yep. They put them out of business, hired the people that they wanted to hire, and they did a big interpromotional storyline where the WWE guys fought the WCW guys and the ECW guys. Should have been the coolest shit ever. Eventually, it, it, it petered out way too quickly because WWE had their guys win all the matches immediately. The thing is, Rob Van Dam, as part of the non-WWE contingent, was supposed to be a bad guy, but immediately... He was one of the biggest baby faces that they had. People fucking loved Rob Van Dam. I love w- our, I love Rob Van Dam yeah, when the, I was like 11. Yeah. 11-year-olds love Rob Van Dam. Like if you're if that's a demographic like you're you're like early teens to like early 20s, mm-hmm. Rob Van Dam is the coolest motherfucker in the world. Like he wrestles in uh in a singlet with an airbrush dragon on it when he's not wrestling, he's wearing like a silk shirt with a wraparound dragon on it. Like, he's got a, he's got a fucking... Uh, he's got a fanny pack, too. Don't forget he's that. He's got a fanny pack. He's got... Uh, like and a... bun ponytail thing going yeah, on. Yeah, ponytail, like, halfway down his back. He's got an undercut. Yeah, he's a cool dude. Yeah. Rob Van Dam is like, if you're a teenager, he's like your brother's cool friend. Exactly. As a, as a pro wrestler. As, as a pro because wrestler. Because he can get you weed. Basically. Yo, you're so right. He was in... He's basically a character in, like, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yeah, he really is. But the thing is, he was also captivating as a performer. Absolutely. Just, this might be the wrong word, but a little majestic. Yeah, yeah, some of it. I mean, nobody else moved like Rob Van Dam. Rob Van Dam was fluid, but also kind of rubbery. Rob Van Dam could somehow bounce. That's true. Rob Van Dam, you could see him doing damage to himself. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, yes. when he would come off the top rope, it hurt him. He did sell his own move really well. He, saw, he sold a lot of his own move. So RVD um, gets signed up. 
in the 2000s. Yep. Super hot. Yep. And he... How do they treat him? He gets... He gets a good amount of spotlight. He gets an Intercontinental Championship, a couple of them. He gets the Hardcore Championship. He gets a Tag Team Championship. Uh, he gets the European Championship. Like, these are all championships. Sure, there's one that you're not saying. The, world, com- the, yeah, world, the world Championship that he doesn't get? Yeah. Even though he's the hottest guy they have, you know, you want to put that on your, on your, in your top guy. And he just... He has a couple chances at it, but never, never wins it. Yeah. And... It's clear that people want him to break, break through to that next level, yeah. but they don't strike when the iron is hot. And eventually he cools off a little bit, moves down the card, mm-hmm. then he gets hurt, comes back a little slower, and everybody at that point is like, I guess we're not going to do Rob Van Dam. It's just not going to happen. And then WWE decides to bring back the old ECW. They put Paul Heyman in charge. And they ask Paul Heyman once again, who would you have as the centerpiece of your promotion? And he says, well, CM Punk is the future. Rob Van Dam is the best example of what ECW was that's still on the WWE roster who can still move. He'd lost, he'd lost some steps. Like three quarters of what he was in his prime. Sure. But still, people still loved him. And all of a sudden now, ECW is its own thing. Rob Van Dam can be a thing. And Rob Van Dam, just like we talked about in the CM Punk episode, was Mr. Money in the Bank. Which meant that Rob Van Dam had one year to challenge at any point in time for the WWE Championship. And when they announced that ECW was going to have its own pay-per-view, promoted by WWE, obviously... Because now it's a sub-brand. It's not independent anymore. But it's still... It's got their own pay-per-view graphic, their own announced team, their own ring crew, whatever. It looks as different. As close as you could get to yeah, the original ECW. Under, under WWE control. Right. And so Rob Van Dam announces that... Again, showing that he's a good dude. Yep. Announces that he... Rather than surprise anybody, he wants to challenge John Cena, the absolute representation of WWE's chosen champion, he's going to challenge John Cena for that championship in the main event of ECW One Night Stand 2006. Which, by the way, was the second night stand. It was the second One Night Stand, yes. Um, Now, this is interesting for a couple of reasons. One, because, like last time, it's John Cena, who's a favorite in any match he's in, completely taken outside of his context of a normal WWE match last time he was in Chicago and it was so pro-punk that it was violently anti-Cena. In this case, he's in a... It wasn't the original ECW arena, but it was in New York City. Mm -hmm. It was a a building that ECW used to run shows in. They're old-school ECW fans. They're rabidly anti-Cena and rabidly pro-Rob Van Dam. And... He's not used to working in an arena this small. He's used <laughs> to working in stadiums. Yep. Right? He's not used to working... To, he could probably hear every individual insult that's being hurled at him. This is the one thing this show, this show has over the punk show, which is the audience is a much more angry. Yeah. And, and will we'll curse at you and 
yeah. fucking Cena and like just crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. Right. The Chicago fans were pro-punk and anti-Cena yeah. as a function of being pro-punk. Yes. Right? These fans are pro-RVD and anti-Cena both at the same time in equal intensity. And it's incredibly loud. Yeah. They don't just want... They don't just want Rob Van Dam to win. They want John Cena to lose. They want... WWE itself to go down in flames. <laughs> so weird. They want, they want their old. They want their old, their old shitty wrestling back. Yeah, and it's like fucking glory days, you know. So we have in this match, we have John Cena representing, as he as he does, WWE and all that that implies, as their champion, as the utmost. Of what a professional wrestler should be and should represent. Against Rob Van Dam, who is everything WWE doesn't want, but he's everything that ECW fans do want. And now, we're going to try to cater to ECW fans, yep. at least momentarily, to Love see him. if we can milk a little bit more cash out. kind of want some money. Right. So, it, it, on one hand, it's a pretty blatant cash grab, but on the other hand, it's a pretty interesting dichotomy. Where you have Cena and you have Rob Van Dam. And much like before with, uh, with Punk and Cena, both of these guys were theoretically good guys. Yes, baby faces. Yeah, baby faces. So Rob Van Dam, always a cool dude. Uh, John Cena, full-on Superman mode at this point. Oof. 2006 was in the throes of his eternal championship reign. With I think 381 days. Yeah, I think that's it. And... Had he was in the middle of a monster feud with Edge, mm-hmm. and Edge, who at this time, spoiler alert, was my favorite wrestler. I mm. fucking loved Edge at this point in time. I used to think uh, I wasn't watching, uh-huh. so when I would peek back in occasionally, and Edge was like a main eventer. Yeah, I was like, man, wrestling really sucks. <laughs> but I, I was always an Edge and Christian fan. I always loved Edge and Christian. I was super pumped when Christian went to TNA. It's like finally my boy's gonna get his due. He kind of did. Yeah, there's a there's a photo of me like at 16 years old with my arm around Christian. Nice. Yeah. He's like your Pete Dunne. Yeah, he's my 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 Petrov. <laughs> so, uh, Peter. yep, Peter Peter Pumpkin Eater. So, that's right. Uh, so we have John Cena, the avatar of all that is good and holy in the eyes of WWE. We have Rob Van Dam, the uh, the personification of all that is rough around the edges and not PC and not corporate. We have them doing battle in the closest facsimile we could have to an original ECW show in front of original ECW fans. And John Cena has to be focused on this, but at the same time, he's in the middle of a blood rivalry with Edge. So you got to imagine that his rivalry with Edge is kind of weighing on his mind. Like Edge friggin' broke into his house and slapped his dad around, if you remember. I remember that very well. And, like, wiped his feet on the couch. I loved it. <laughs> so good. Oh, God. Edge was great. Uh, this one time, Edge was like Ric Flair times a thousand. Just the sleaziest person. Sleaziest motherfucker. I loved it. Um, he's like Quagmire as a wrestler, essentially. <laughs> he did have, did he, uh, have the live sex celebration? Oh, yeah, this is post-live sex celebration. Nice. He'd already won his, uh, his championship uh, and lost it. So this is in the middle of his blood feud with John Cena. And they had been wrestling for, God, months and months and months. It was, honestly, I think probably the best. You could make a case for John Cena CM Punk, 
being his best long-term rivalry. But I think John Cena versus Edge is definitely Edge's best long-term rivalry and might be Cena's too. I, yeah, I think it's, it's Edge. I think most people agree that it's Edge. I want to talk for one brief second about the CHT, the legendary, mythical Cena heel turn. <laughs> okay. That people have been begging for since like 2005. Since John Cena became this all-powerful superhero, yep. people have been sick of it and wanting him to be a villain. This match, John Cena is the most villainous I have ever seen him, including when he was actually a villain dressed up like Vanilla Ice in like 2002. <laughs> yeah. He leans into it way more than he does in the punk match. In the punk match, he stays very much sort of, uh, and they even emphasize that. Boy These scout. two guys respect each other. They yeah. don't agree with the other's philosophy of what pro wrestling is, but they respect each other as performers and competitors and men, right? That's the message that they give you in this match, and that is not how it fucking plays out. I Cena, Cena, like, I hadn't watched this match mm -hmm. in 10 years since it first aired, and I did not remember that Cena let this crowd get to him this much. It is so interesting. I'm very excited to watch because I haven't seen it in fuck eight years, yeah, nine I, years. And I I mentioned this to Stephen the Train Graham also when I was watching it. I was like, he's like, oh yeah, I remember that. It was a lot like the punk match. I'm like, no, it wasn't. It is, but it isn't. Like there are Impressive. certain there are certain elements, but Cena's reaction to it, Cena's reaction of being put on the spot and having everyone turned against him and having everything turned on its head, he does not react the way he did in 2011. And I think that's got to do with his seasoning at that point. Yeah. Uh, this is 2006. He's been in the top dog position for a couple of years, right? At this One point. year. One year. He won his first title at WrestleMania 21. This is only a couple months after WrestleMania 22. Gotcha. Okay, so a year and change. And he's been on the main roster only for four years. Four years. Point, as opposed to the 2011 match, he's been there for nine years. Right, the, the epitome. Like, he'd been in the main event scene longer than Stone Cold Steve Austin was wrestling for them. Yeah. Like, longer insane. than The Rock was wrestling for them. Longer than Mick Foley was wrestling mm -hmm. for them. That's wild. Yeah. But it's true. John Cena at that point was so entrenched and was so much more comfortable with himself as a performer. Mm -hmm. The character, you can imagine, was more comfortable with his position. Mm -hmm. This is John Cena, still new to being the face of the company and reacting very strongly to having it challenged. This is a... Uh, I've, I've heard other wrestling uh, op-ed writers, journalists, whatever, uh, describe Roman Reigns presently... Uh, being similar to Cena at this point, not knowing how to react. Right. And not playing it cool, which Cena eventually learned how to do. Apparently this match, he doesn't really know how to do it so well. Yeah, well, and, and Cena also improves a lot as a performer, which, I mean, Roman Reigns has also improved a lot as a, yeah, as a performer. Fun. But I think that is as big, a, plays as big a role as any, as eventually when John Cena became more of a well-rounded performer, people sort of just settled down and were like, like, I don't want the guy to turn a heel anymore. I don't care. It's been, it's been forever. I don't need to see him as a heel. I mean, they might do it, but well, I, is that what you would have said in uh, WCW in '96 with Hogan? I don't need to see it. Um, I I don't know because I don't know. Hogan's not my. I didn't follow Hogan's career, so I don't really know. 
Um, but Cena now, like, I, I feel like when he comes out, he doesn't get, he might get booed, but it's like, now it's really just part of the show. People yeah. just do it. I don't think anyone really It's like, kind of like the, kind of like the Kurt Angle, you suck. Exactly. It's like, like, you, you boo just Cena, do it. that's what you do, yeah. Yeah. Roman, I still think there is... There's, there's like, genuine resentment. There's like, you should not be in this position. Right, there's genuine resentment there. Even though the guy's relative, pretty talented. Yeah, he's yeah. very talented, I think. Yeah. He's a big dog. I think he's, a, honestly, I think he's a better worker than The Rock ever was. Yeah, The Rock's not that great. Yeah. Great talker, great performance, not that great of a wrestler. No. Charismat- charismatic is all hollow. Yeah, yep. Can never top him. Okay. So, I think that's probably a good time as any as we ha- as we drag ass into minute 48 of this intro. You're going to edit most of this out. I am. I am. But uh, I think it's about time that we... Uh, high time. Oh, nice. High time. Huh? Huh? That for you, Rob. All right, so here we go. Rob Van Dam enters first. And uh, they have just sort of this fake brick wall that Rob is entering through. We have some, uh, we have some like, <laughs> fake smoke. Yeah, man. Here. The old ECW graphics. With yeah, the, the old wire. Yeah, the old ECW, was it a Chiron? I think that's what that's called. Sure. Uh, hey, it's uh, the Vladimir, the super fan. He was always in the. Uh... Usually next to the fat bowl cut kid. There's a lot of white people in this audience. Yeah. My fucking God. Yeah, I think I just saw my old boss, Jeff. <laughs> Jeff Jarrett? No. Uh,. Harvey? I actually, one time, I thought... Did you see that sign? What did it say? Richard is gay. Great. ECW, ECW fans are best. great. Uh, my, my boss, Jeff, used to have this white uh, fleece pullover. Uh-huh. And I thought there was, like, out of the corner of my eye, I saw it, and I thought there was, like, a mysterious, like, ghostly chef that was hanging around. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no, it's just Jeff and a fleece pullover. <laughs> just my boss. It's not chef, it's just Jeff. So Rob Van Dam uh, just came down and... Absorbing the adulation of these fans. Yeah, gave a high five to every single person in the front row. If that's not a baby face, then I don't know what is. Yeah, he just, uh, like, 10,000 high fives, and now he's playing to every corner of the... God damn, this guy is so over. Yeah, these people are loving him. And look at all these signs. Rob Van Dam Revolution. If Cena wins, we... If Cena wins, we riot. RVD RVD 420. If Cena wins, we ride. Is a uh, yeah. Like, it showed up again in the Punk match. I know. Yep, and these people they keep cutting to these people in the crowd, and they're just rabid. Which is much different than when they try to do it regularly on on the current product. It seems a lot forced. Yep. Cena like, equals fart. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, man, maybe. Maybe. Of, I've never smelled the guy. I feel but, like Cena. Wait, somebody was just holding up a football jersey, and the name said Jewish on it. RVD for president. That's another sign. Happy birthday, Erica. Yep, RVD new champ. Uh, um, the happy birthday, Erica sign is on uh, the Puerto Rican flag, which is a little weird. Maybe Erica's Puerto Rican. I would have to imagine so. We want Cena's blood. That's yeah. a sign. E- wow. ECW, anti-Cena. Yo, fuck that guy with the tattoo. Yeah. The- <laughs> RVD with in Marco on his belly. Yeah. If there's that RVD4 Prez that you said. Look at that dude with his fucking sunglasses indoors trying to take a photo of Rob Van Dam with his it. digital camera. Um, so the fans are also doing the RVD pose. Yeah, I, I love this. Rob is pointing at individual fans and talking to them like, I like your sign. <laughs> that's, that's, like, 
awesome. Right. So it, it really feels like he... Oh, fuck. He's coming out. He probably... Rob Van Dam probably does have a personal relationship with... He could probably recognize people in this crowd. The building is small enough, yeah. and the ECW community was tight-knit enough that yeah. he probably knew some of these people, if not by name, but by face. Absolutely. Cena has come out, and he is being uh, flipped the bird by did, multiple people. Did you catch that? First of all, he's doing his Marine taunt from oh, the motion fuck. picture of the Marine. But also, he had the WWE Chiron. He didn't have the ECW yep. Chiron. So they're really kind of uh, keeping, up, the, yeah, keeping up with the facade that this is an interpromotional match. And I love this. He's got that shitty spinner belt yeah. over his head. Mm-hmm. And he's just walking to the ring with his face down. The shadow cast by his hat yep. covering his face. He's just... Indignant. This Indignant. He's oh. like... He's so mad that he has to be here. He clearly feels that this defending this title in this building is unworthy of him and unworthy of that title. And he's just trying to he's just trying to be cool about it. Absolutely. Uh, nice little touch in RVD's uh, singlet. He has ECW airbrushed on his uh, yep. his right chest. Yep, and right RVD back. there on the side. Yep. And look at Rob chewing some gum. He seems very calm. So cool. That calm. little smile. Cena seems pretty tense. There it is. Cena wins. We riot. It's crazy. That sign has returned uh, five years later. Yep. And here we see some more of these quote-unquote ECW mutants. Just... Is, it, is this the show with the JBL commentary? No, that was that was the first one. Okay. Just want to make sure. Yeah. And look at Cena fucking throwing, like, uh, shadow boxing. Shadow boxing. Oh. And Rob Van Dam just standing there. Rob Van Dam... Uh, oh. Now that's pretty cool because when he was in WWE, he would do the his sick, his signature pose yeah. was pointing at himself with both thumbs, and he would go Rob Van Dam, and he would do it three times. Yeah. The old ECW version was on Rob Van. He would do the thumb point, and then he would do the spin kick on Dam. Mm. So he brought back the original ECW version. Attention to details. Yep. Now I love John Cena, like shadow boxing here. He does he does the same thing with the in the punk match too. I think. Yep, and Rob is just cool as a cucumber because if you know this about Rob Van Dam, before he does before a match he does forty five minutes of heavy like deep stretching backstage, mm-hmm. like that's his warm up. It's low impact, uh-huh. low intensity. He may also be getting high before the match. We don't know that. Well, that's Rob Van Dam, high intensity, high or low oh! intensity, high impact. This is the part of the match where Cena throws his shirt yes! into the so, audience. So John Cena habitually will throw his shirt into the audience as a souvenir, and they immediately threw it back into the ring. <laughs> and now this is the second time oh, it's happened. That's awesome. They've now rejected his overture twice. And Rob is standing there just kind of with a smile on his face. He's thrown it into the ring. <laughs> a guy immediately catches Fuck it and throws it back Cena. into the ring. And see that and look at Rob. He's got that little bit of a smirk on his face. Like he clearly knows what these people are yeah. about. Cena doesn't. And now the referee's telling Cena that they have to start the match. And Cena's like, no, I have to do my shirt thing first. Oh, I love it. And they just keep throwing the shirt back at him. <laughs> and look at Rob. He's just like, are we gonna at any point? Are we gonna fight? What's going on? But Cena is immediately focused. And Rob comes up behind him like, hey, dude, are we going to fight? And Cena's like, hold on, I have to throw my shirt. <laughs> I can't leave with it. Right. And all oh, this fan spinning in it. Yes! You can see a fan and then throws it back. They throw it again. 
Cena's God. like trying to focus on Rob Van Dam, but he low key can't because oh, like, that's fuck. a security guard nah. who's flipping him off. <laughs> Yo! <laughs> that security guard with like an event badge. He's someone's dad. Just flipped him off with both hands and <laughs> mouth. Fuck you! This and now he awesome. has his own shirt back covered in spit, and they're just chanting EC dub, EC dub, and Rob's just like, Rob, Rob Van, Van Dam, and immediately has everyone back on his side. Uh, Some psychological warfare from Rob Van Dam, which is... Oh, <laughs> Cena gives up. Yeah, Cena just throws it at that Japanese photographer on the floor. Yoshitatsu. <laughs> but, uh, uncar- and now somebody's now uh, throwing toilet paper. toilet paper into the ring. They don't do this anymore, do they? No. Okay, so the match has officially... I think started the referee rang for yep. the bell again. Cena is so. <laughs> there was a tight close up on Cena's face, and toilet paper just streaked <laughs> through the frame, went right oh, past his face. Man. He just had to break through a wall of toilet paper. I love it. He is so mad. He is so mad. And look at Rob. He's just like, yeah, man. That's kind of how we do it here. Yeah. Okay. And now, finally. Finally, down. they lock up. Okay. Toilet paper back in the uh, More toilet paper. <laughs> but John Cena, clearly the stronger of the two. That's true. Uh, Rob Van Dam, though, very flexible. A lot of tendon strength. But as far as pure muscle, it's John Cena. And he just sort of hosses Rob into the corner. And, uh... They're, they're continuously, stuff is being thrown in the ring. Yeah. Um, and it's one, two, three, and uh, not a clean break. That's true, Mr. First sign of a... Mr. Hustle, loyalty, and respect just uh, kind of took a cheap shot on Rob Van Dam in the corner. So clearly he's frustrated. He throws Rob into the corner, and now uh, he's going for one of his signature moves, which is the release fisherman suplex. He goes for a pin, one, and it's a one count. Rob back to his feet. Cena looking a little... Cena uh, looks... Pissed. How dare you kick out? And Rob just mouths, no way, man. No way. Look at Cena's face. He is... He has no idea how to react. He might as well be wrestling on the moon. <laughs> he, uh... By the way, John Cena looking very young at this point. He looks pretty old at this moment, but... This match looks super young because he is young. Yeah. He's... Is he 30 yet? Maybe. Uh, he, if he's 30, he's like 30 or 31. Now, he immediately runs uh, Rob Van Dam over. He knocks him down with a shoulder block and milks it. Look at this. Waits uh, for Rob Van Dam to get up, and he's just fucking... Oh! oh sh- <laughs> he clearly wasn't taking Rob seriously, and he took a kick to the ear, and Rob is warning him immediately that you can't, you can't take him lightly. And Cena... Look at this. This nasty kick right to Cena's ear, and he just... Spills to the floor. For the un- for the uninitiated, RVD is known for uh, at times being kind of stiff. Yeah, and hurting his opponents. Yeah, those those big kicks you can't always control them. Yeah. So RVD is uh, motioning to the crowd. They lose their goddamn mind. Yeah. Cena gets back in, and he's like, "What? What's wrong?" And Cena is immediately in his face. This is so uncharacteristic yeah, of John Cena. He, Rob, is so under his skin. It's not funny, and. It, just a punch to the face. It's a booyah spot. Booyah spot. Yeah, a boo- yeah. When Cena punches him, we get boos. When Rob punches back, we get a yay. Cena characteristically will win these these sort of uh, bouts of fisticuffs. But they're going 50-50 here. 
And yeah, Cena's got uh, two or three punches in a row. He misses a big one, and Rob fires back. And Cena is selling these things. Like, yeah, yeah, when have you seen Cena sell punches like this? He's on spaghetti legs. Uh, he's on spaghetti. He's like Dolph Ziggler taking these punches. <laughs> he's selling like a heel. I think the only time he's ever sold like that is like with uh, with The Rock, probably. Yeah. And here we go. Oh. Ooh, just a nasty power slam and one, two. Ooh, kick out. And Rob kicks out. Clutching his back. Clutching his back, which Owen Cena with a massive clothesline oh. takes Rob to the floor, who stumbles into the rail. Uh, working Rob's back would be a wise tactic for John Cena because his big move is the attitude adjustment at this time, the FU, mm-hmm. which is an over-the-shoulder uh, fireman's carry slam. Oh, and, ha- oh and here we God, go. John rope. Cena to John the top Cena. rope to the outside with a shitty-looking forearm. What the fuck was that, brother? And the- oh, getting <laughs> <laughs> Immediately being flipped off by a dad? Right, right. Now, Rob Van Dam is well-known for his... His high-flying offense. So I feel yeah. like John Cena was trying to be like, I can do what your boy can do yeah. better. Except he did a really shitty really top bad. rope move. And when he... They, they panned out too. They like zoomed out. And when John Cena was standing up, the fans had just <laughs> were just perfect. flipping him off immediately. Perfectly shot. Like, it's so good. And these fans really like the, the, the bird. Yeah. They just continuously flip it. Yep. And Cena immediately throwing Rob Van Dam into a folding a folding table, which is there for some reason. The title belt's there. That's why. Yep. And Cena just holds it over his head just to remind us that he's the man. What a shitty move. He, um... This is so uncharacteristic of John Cena. What's up with his camera work, though? Okay. It's very ECW. Uh, just bad. Yeah, they did a lot of, of handicam, a lot of shake, uh, shake cam stuff. A lot of fan. Yep. Ooh, and now... Beautiful. Yep, so uh, John Cena was trying to take it to Rob Van Dam on the outside, forgetting that Rob Van Dam came up in ECW, which was a promotion without disqualifications, where you could fight to your heart's content on the outside, and Rob Van Dam managed to counter with a beautiful backflip off the ring steps, and now he's turned the tide in his favor. Gets a chair, celebrates the crowd. Yep, and that's important to, to remember too. This match is under ECW rules, which means weapons are legal. Interference is legal. Like, John Cena could shoot him with a rifle and it would be fine, I guess. Any, Wow. Yep, so Cena just Ye- just threw him into a cameraman. It was quite... Rob Van Dam up on the... Uh. <laughs> so, RVD was presumably going for the same backflip, but off the rail. Yeah, Cena had him scouted and sho- like grabbed both butt cheeks and yes. shoved him into the audience, whereupon he crashed into a guy... Who is holding a fuck you Cena sign? <laughs> no one gets higher RVD. Right. To sign. They forgot a preposition there. Yeah. Or I can't read, but I'm pretty sure. Wow, yep. these fans really dislike this guy. <laughs> so. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> what a dick move. So Cena grabbed that guy's fuck you Cena sign. Yeah. And was pushing it against Rob Van Dam's face while he was punching him. Oh, he's strategically blocking the U. Yeah. For the camera, so you didn't really see the U, but, you know, connect the dots. All right. Cena's looking fucking pissed. Yeah, this is so out of character for him, and... I always knew he was a dickbag. Oh, and then, uh, a smart move there, Rob kicked him in the ankle. As Cena's trying to get over the uh, railing. This camera has uh, RVD sweat. Yeah, and now Cena is 
uh, bent over the rail, kind of stuck between the crowd and the ring. Oh. And Rob jumped off the ring apron with a leg drop to the back of a Cena's neck. Type of uh... yeah, rotating leg drop to the back of Cena's neck. And you see Rob there fidgeting with his leg. I was saying before, Rob Van Dam is very good at reminding you how much his moves hurt him. He's the epitome of high-risk offense. Mm. All of his big moves are dangerous to him. I used to love playing as RVD in like uh, oh! all the different wrestling games. That drop kick or that that uh, leg drop drop is just nasty. So the crowd's chanting for "fuck you, Cena" or RVD. I think maybe it's an EC dub. Okay, well they're doing the the, the finger pose. Yep. So Cena was trying to crawl back into the ring and got caught with a <coughs> a baseball slide. Rob does another leap a leapfrogging leg, leg drop on the uh, the apron. Yeah. So at this point, Cena's head and neck are under a lot of uh, of pressure from Rob Van Dam. Man, the fashion of these uh, these fans—it's questionable. It's really bad. But look at their hero, like fucking airbrushed <laughs> yin yangs and true. dragons. So Rob has his chair again. Which was his signature weapon. Yep. So Cena is collapsed in the corner and Rob has the chair overhead. And now he's going to do... Quarter drop kick into the chair. So he just ran at John Cena, put the chair in front of his feet and kicked the chair directly into Cena's head. Amazing. And chest. He goes for a pin. One, two. two, And Cena manages to kick out. Rob seems a little surprised, but he's like, okay. Right, okay, he nods where he's like, I think John Cena underestimated Rob Van Dam way more than than Rob underestimated John Cena. Well, RVD watches the product, so he yeah. has a chance. I'm not going to win this match. Uh, right, that's a good point, so because like, you would imagine Rob Van Dam... Rolling Thunder. Yep. Oh. Which is like, uh, oh, and again, selling that. So he put the chair on top of John Cena... Then rolled across the ring, did like a high-speed somersault, sure. jumped into the air, and landed with all of his body weight on top of that chair, crushing John Cena yep. underneath. It's a signature uh, RVD spot if you've never seen it. Yep. So it's here's crazy. the problem with Rob Van Dam is that he hurts himself with all these big moves. If he hadn't hurt himself so bad with that rolling thunder, he might have won that match. Woof. God, why does he do this to himself? This is his style. This is what he's just... Oh, and look at John. He's like shivering a little bit. He's not used to this kind of pain. No. And he had had the uh, JBL match at this point, correct? The the bloody one? Yep. Okay. Yep. So, uh... Already does a power slam of some kind. A front power slam, right. Now he's got the chair again. Rob just knows so many ways to hurt you with that chair. John Cena doesn't know. (laughs) I love wrestling. Yep. (laughs) Oh, he's put lay moonsault into the chair. Oh. Right, but Cena countered. So again, he put the he tried to lay the chair on top of Cena, and he tried to do another backflip onto Cena, and Cena got his knees up and drove the chair into Rob's midsection on the way yeah. down. So now, and now, ooh, DDT. Oh, oh my God, that landing! And he bent the chair. Yeah, so Cena grabbed RVD's head oh. and just dropped him forehead first on that chair. It with was, his with his oh can yeah. Cena put his feet on the ropes. Oh, what a piece of shit. What is he, Ric Flair? Come on, right? This is not something John Cena would ever do. No. But I don't think I've ever seen him do it, so there we go. And that's my point, is that John Cena, and look at him, he's pissed. He's 
He's got this grim look on his face. He just tried to cheat. Well, I mean, it's a no disqualification match, so yes, I guess it's not cheating. cheating, but it is a shortcut. It's not honorable, I can tell you that. It's not hustle, it's not loyalty, and it's not respect. Definitely not. So this crowd, you can't hear him, but it sounds like they're like, fuck you, Cena. Yeah, constant fuck you, Cena. And now he's going to do a monkey flip and throw Rob. Oh, my God. Yeah, he wedged a chair into the corner and threw Rob right into it. And Rob's face is right in the seat of that chair. Oh, my God. Rob looks like he's dead. Cena goes for a pin. One, two, two, and Rob gets out. Cena's not happy about that. Yeah, we're going to get a replay here of Rob's head going right through that chair. It's nasty. And look at these people just staring daggers at Cena. He has no idea how to react. They're just booing him and he's just standing there drinking it in. He should be pressing his advantage at this point. Absolutely. But he, and he's just sort of... Oh, doing his weird shadow boxing thing. Yeah, he's trying to reset. He's trying to rewind. Bring himself yeah. to the beginning of the match. Maybe get into that headspace that he was at at the beginning. But... Uh, yep, and there he is with the, the protobomb, which is one of his moves. Uh-huh. And it sets up the five-knuckle shuffle. Which is a uh, a awful move. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's a it's a knuck, it's a like a fist drop. It's a fist to the face. It's a fist to the face. But he's taking his time. Look, the smiles back. Uh, he feels like he's in in familiar territory, yeah. right? So he's smiling. He's he's ready he's to do the move. Back, he yeah. does his uh, his little signature taunt, and he goes to drop it. Uh, he drops the. He drops the fist on Van Damme. And all the, audience. Yeah, the taunt is back. There's the little marine oh taunt. He feels like he's back in the what saddle, a, right? And now, man. look at smiling at the crowd. Like he's back in control, so now he can be Mr. Nice Guy again. Right? The taunt, mm. he looks so pleased with himself. He's going to hit the attitude adjustment or the FU at the time. Yeah. He's setting Rob up for it. RVD's on some Yeti legs, turns around. Yep. And he goes for it, and Rob manages to wiggle free and kicks him right in the face. And we're back to square one. Cena couldn't do it. Could not do it. Got too cocky. That's what happened there. He did. He felt like he felt like he was back in a situation where he was the favorite. But he's never going to be the favorite in this situation. I want to make note about something about RVD. I feel like this man always busts a lip in a match. Yeah, it's he's true. Constantly like well, he's got up. some. He's got some full pouty lips. I mean, yeah, that's why he was married. And now Cena back in the corner, just raining blows on Rob again, throws him oh. into the corner. Charges at Rob. Catches a kick to the face. Another backflip? Yep, another moonsault. Oh, and no. Oh! oh. Whoa! <laughs> Bounced on the back of his head. Or yep, look, the, the gum came out of his mouth. That's awesome. So Rob tried to do another backflip, and Cena just kind of hooked him. Like a powerbomb type. Yeah, it almost looked like he was going to do a cradle, like an yeah. inside cradle, but then just threw Rob at the ground. Eek. He bounced like a basketball, and the it. gum flew out of his mouth on the That's way down. Awesome. This is what you get with Rob Van Dam that you don't get with anybody else, is this weird elasticity. The, the smile's gone again. It's just, Cena's got these fucking <laughs> icy eyes, and now... Rob. What the fuck are you doing, Rob? Rob's trying to set John Cena up on the ropes. This seems like a fuck up. Yeah, it might be a botch. But yeah, he's trying to, to string up John Cena on the ropes. But Cena apparently can't keep his balance. Oh my god. <laughs> <And> <Cena's>... <laughs> <laughs> Cena saves it though because he lands and kind of. He kind of sells it like a heel. Like kind of. Yeah. 
sells it like a cartoon, so it kind of works. And then oh, okay. he takes that drop kick and Into crashes the against the rail. So at this point, Cena's taking a lot of damage to his back yep. and his midsection. All those moves with the chair were <laughs> all directly compressing his chest. Yeah. And Rob Van Dam's biggest move is... The Van Terminator? The five-star frog splash. Sorry, man. I thought you were talking about his other... No, no. The five-star frog splash is where he jumps up like approximately 30 feet into the air. He has quite a beautiful five-star yeah, frog it's, splash. Yeah, it's a lot of hang time. He can apparently like swim through the air. He can yeah. change directions in midair. It's only been rivaled, I think, in recent times by one Seth Rollins. So I would say one Kevin Owens. Yeah, for his size. I mean, KO's got a, the bullfrog splash, he call it. All right, so Rob, at this point, has pulled uh, has pulled uh, a folding table into the ring. He's going uh, to attempt to throw Cena through it. This is, this is his uh, oh, arena right. at this point. Oh, and Cena manages to catch him in the STF. The step, look at that face John Cena's making. <laughs> what is that face? He looks like he just opened the Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> Luckily, he has to take a shit. Yeah. Or he's about to get uh, broken up with by Nikki Bella. Yeah. Okay. RVD grabs onto the referee. Doesn't want to tap okay, out. ECW fans all look like extras from Pirates of the Caribbean in modern dress. That's fucked up, dude. Those are my Am I friends. wrong? You're not wrong, but like that's fucked up. Those are my friends. Like, I feel like they all have wooden eyes. What's your deal with Pirates? <laughs> One, two, three... Four, five, six. Yeah, Cena's supposed to break the... Oh. <laughs> so, uh, Cena had Rob Van Dam in a, in a submission hold. Rob got to the ropes. And Cena had him in a... Uh, you know, he reached the ropes. Cena has five seconds to break it up. He got to like eight seconds and didn't yeah. break it up. The referee had to physically remove Cena. And Cena's all mad. And he's like, what are you going to do? He just knocks out the referee. Yeah, Cena Holy just, shit. John Cena... Boy Scout Supreme just punched a referee in the face. Yo, this dude's a fucking heel. Yeah, he punched a referee in the face for daring to uh, enforce the rules. To enforce the rules of this match. Oh, I love it. And now he's got he's got Rob on the top rope. He's gonna try to drag him to his death with a superplex, oh. which he successfully does. And Rob bounces up and just he's taking so much punishment, so much punishment. And Cena rolls out to the floor. Look at the veins on Cena on his forehead, on his. He's a veiny man. That's true. Yeah, but I've never seen the veins on his forehead. I feel like he's legitimately mad. So Cena has now thrown the steel steps into the ring, yeah. apparently intending to just murder Rob Van Dam. Because why not? Okay. RVD getting up, and oh, Cena just wipes him out with those steel steps. Throws him out to the floor. Almost hits a cameraman. I'm going to call him Bob from now on, by the way. Bob? Yeah. B Bob Van Dam? Bob Van Dam. BVD? BVD. I mean, he does have those underwear on under his... Uh, Joe Bob's Under his singlet. Oh. oh, and here we have, interestingly enough... One, one two, two... Kick and out. And Rob kicks out. We now have a, a WWE official. Yes. Because John beat up the ECW official. So the only other referee they had is a is a WWE official who you might imagine might favor John Cena. And fun fact, this is Nick. This is the Nick NWO. Patrick. Uh, Nicholas right. Patrick. Nick Patrick, who was well known uh, like ten years before this 
for being the most notorious on-the-take referee yeah. in uh, in WCW. It never really came up in WWE, no. but if you're a longtime fan, you would know. Oh, attitude adjustment, FU, over the top. Yeah, so... Uh, to the outside. Who's this? Ha! So, a mysterious... Rob, uh, Rob Van Dam just took John Cena's finisher to the outside of the ring. He's unconscious. A mysterious man in a trench coat and a motorcycle helmet <laughs> just appeared and tackled John Cena through that table that had been set up in the corner, takes the helmet off, and it's Edge. Your boy, My Edge. boy, and John Cena's long-term blood rival. I thought you were going to say boyfriend. Uh, <laughs> by the way, Edge, dressing for the occasion. Yeah, like a garbage human. Looking like an ECW fan, honestly. Yeah, like a... Uh, one of those sweatsuits where it's like a navy blue sweatpants and navy blue sweatshirt at the same time. Yep, you which would is buy never it a good from look. your local deals and discounts or yep. rainbow. So he has just left John Cena laying in the middle of the ring. Rob gets back into the ring, sees John Cena unconscious, and is just like, <laughs> yeah! <laughs> shrug. That's yeah. Rob Van Dam's signature thing. It's like, shrug, I guess. Yeah. This happened all the time in ECW. You take advantage. Five There's that five-star oh, frog splash. Oh, God. So high. Such hang time. That's not and, a joke, by the way. And But now there's no referee. The the WWE official got knocked out by Edge. He's out. The, the ECW official is on the outside. He's unconscious. Nobody is here to count the pin for Rob Van Dam except Mr. Paul Heyman, who, as the promoter of the show, I guess is an official. One, two, two three. three. And Rob Van Dam... Is your new WWE World Heavyweight Champion insane? Insane. His audience is losing their fucking mind. Yeah, like, oh god, they, and, they love it. And Rob drops to his knees, and Paul Heyman drops to his knees, hands Rob that title. You can see real tears yeah. in, Rob, in Paul Heyman's Paul's eyes. eyes. Yeah. Like, more so than Rob's. I, I feel like, still, for Rob, this is a job. This is, like, yeah. a cool thing that happened to him. But for Paul, this is the guy that he wanted. He's always wanted to. He's always wanted to be his main star. And here he is in the main event of a WWE-promoted pay-per-view, winning the title that John Cena held, that Steve Austin held, that The Rock held, that Hulk Hogan held, that Bruno Sammartino held. That your boy, Ultimate Warrior, held. The Ultimate Warrior. So, okay, so Rob Van Dam wins the title. Jumps out into the audience. Yep, much like CM Punk did. Yep. Big Show is out. Yep, Big Show, uh, notorious ECW uh, <laughs> original. Yeah, sure. So I remember... New effing champ. Good I know, sign. I know exactly where Rob is going because I've seen this match before, but what eventually does happen is pretty awesome. So that was One Night Stand 2006. Uh, I think the match itself... Ultimately, was not as strong as Cena Punk. You would be correct, sir. I think their styles meshed a little better. Cena and Punk styles mm-hmm. meshed a little better than Cena and Rob Van Dam's. I think John Cena was a more seasoned performer. Who could handle the uh, the hatred? Yeah, and I think I think also just in terms of diversifying his own skill set. Absolutely. And I think Rob Van Dam has always been a kind of performer. He just does his stuff. He doesn't so much carry other people the way that CM Punk could. CM Punk was more of an integrated... He could craft a match. Yes. And involve the, involves his opponent uh, much better than uh, right. and, Bob Van Dam. Right. And if we, if we remember and we go back to the, uh, 
Which I guess everybody out there, since I'm going to post this, you know, the week after the uh, the Punk match, you you will remember that in that match, there's a lot of heavy symbolism. There's the whole returning motif of them throwing each other out of the ring. There's the whole motif of uh, them trying to hit each other's moves. Yeah. There's uh, there's the thing where well, the wrestler versus the non-wrestler, right? That CM Punk, well, Punk and uh, Cena are exchanging holds, and the crowd is chanting, "You can't wrestle." Right. And Punk is like, "What? Me? Me? No." Yeah, oh, and he him. points to Cena. Oh, him. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. But because that that was the story of that match too, right? One's a wrestler, one's a sports entertainer. Right. Yeah. And in this in this case, I would say they're both sports entertainers. Definitely. Neither one is a wrestler in the traditional sense. Yeah. Rob Van Dam is a daredevil. John Cena is uh, pomp and circumstance. He's fireworks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's the polished sure. WWE product. Um, I think physically they weren't they didn't have as great chemistry, but I think that's made up for in what we saw happen to John Cena in this match. Have you ever seen John Cena react this way? Only in spurts in uh, various matches. Never for a sustained amount of time for an entire match. Sometimes you can push him. Yeah. Like that happened in the AJ Styles feud. Yep. Right where you push him a little bit and he gets mad. But never like this. Yep. Where he was just like staring glassy eyed. It was like he was dissociating. Yeah. He, this is, you know, let's consider the time period. He is the guy. He is babyface John Cena. He's just been told he's the guy. Yeah. He's new to, the, to being the guy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And now he's literally forced to defend that against, uh, against a performer who, at least the character, believes to be an inferior type. Yeah. And that's something they've played on with the Cena... Uh, the Cena character since then with these sort of alternative know, alternative uh, superstars that are against Cena the alternatives. Grain. Yes. Um, trademarked! Not the trademark who, who appears on John song. Cena's theme song. Yes. Yeah. Um, but they've, they've certainly kind of, like I said, lean into that in, in recent years. And it gets me to thinking RVD was kind of the first of, of these types of matches. The first this was challenge, right. Mid-2000s, you know, the internet was uh, certainly getting bigger and bigger sure, and sure, bigger. Sure. Um, 2011, you got it with Punk and then Brian and AJ. And so now it's, it's kind of this weird environment where like, yeah, Cena's there only part of the time. When is the next time he's going to be in a hostile environment? I don't know if he'll ever be in this hostile environment again. Because he's not forced to be the focal point of the show like he was back then. You know what I mean? Yeah. The only thing I can think of is if they fucking sent him to TakeOver. That'd be so awesome. If they sent John Cena to TakeOver and put him against the Velveteen Dream, are you kidding me? You're a big Velveteen Dream fan. I love the Velveteen Dream. I'd rather see... Shout, shout out to Jared. Episode 2. That's, that's your boy, the Velveteen Dream. <laughs> um... But... I am a big time Velveteen Dream guy, and I think Velveteen Dream would mesh with Cena superbly. I think yeah. I'm gonna go out on a limb. Better than Punk. In a I th- match? I think so. I think he's got an innate understanding of what 
WWE wants in a WWE-style epic match. Yeah. The same way that The Rock, even though he didn't have the moveset, could put together an epic match with a Mick Foley or a Stone Cold sure. Steve Austin. Sure. I think Velveteen Dream has that sense. I, I think he does. I, I'm going to withhold judgment. I'm not necessarily sold on Mr. Patrick Clark. AKA. Get the fuck out of your own home. Get I don't out. know. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's the legacy of Rob Van Dam? We should probably talk about that. He's not yeah, we actively about, performing. No, no, we should talk about about what happens to Rob Van Dam after this. Because the very next night on Monday Night Raw, he's got the WWE Championship on his shoulder, and he's presented with the ECW Championship on his other shoulder. They have resurrected the old ECW Championship, which yep. has been inactive since 2001. And they put it on his shoulder, and they're like, which one... Are you gonna defend, Rob? And he goes, he just shrugs and he goes, I'll take them both. So, next night this happens, and then what happens on one Bob Van Dam? <sighs> one Bob Van Dam. Bobbert. Bobbert Van Dam. Unfortunately, after WWE, after years of hemming and hawing about worrying about his image, that he would somehow give him bad publicity because of his, uh, Recreational drug use. His recreational drug use and advocation for recreational drug use. He gets caught with weed in his car, which might not be that big a deal, but he's driving with his old buddy Sabu, who has like 8 million pills. Sabu has everything else, every other drug. Yeah. Every other available drug, and they get, uh, they get hauled in. Like, I don't think either of them serve any time. No, I don't think so. Like, there's a fine or whatever. But, fuck. Like, he's <laughs> the world champion. Like, you spent years hemming and hawing about whether or not you could afford to put your championship yeah. on this guy. He's got the title for all of two weeks and has a drug arrest. The guy that, that's the face of your company gets fucking arrested with a car full of every drug in the yes. world. Like... You're going to have buyer's remorse. And in fact, Rob Van Dam winds up losing his title to... I don't know. Edge. Okay, there you go. And Edge and John Cena continue their sort of epic rivalry. And uh, shortly after that, Rob Van Dam loses his ECW title to... The Big Show. Oh, God. And he never comes close to a world title, either one, ECW or WWE, again. So, yeah, that's Rob Van Dam. And he comes back to WWE, but yeah. he just comes back as, like... A guy. Yeah, a guy. Like, people still like him, but every time they like him a little bit less. Because every time he's a little bit more out of shape and a little mm -hmm. bit slower. And every time you believe a little bit less that he's going to amount to anything. Because that's what happens when he shows up every 18 months, yeah. sticks around for six months, doesn't win anything. That's, unfortunately, the legacy of Rob Van Dam, is he spent half a decade building up the goodwill to get his one shot had this great moment immediately blew it and then just immediately cooled off sure. and they were and from then on they wouldn't touch him with a 10 foot pole which complete uh, uh, dichotomy to the punk thing so see a punk gets the ball yeah and, and kills, kills it. it but as you said dude was a little angry right wasn't still, too pleased about being... Still had the chip on his shoulder. Second fiddle. Yep, 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 yep. So, 
so again, such interesting counterpoints to each other. Rob sticks around for years and years and years, just sort of makes his money, makes his merch, mm -hmm. slaps hands with fans, goes home on the weekends. Like I feel like every time he came back, he had like a lighter schedule too. Yeah. And meanwhile, CM Punk did the complete opposite. He uh, redoubled his efforts and he worked harder and harder and harder and poured more and more of himself into this until he finally couldn't anymore and had to remove himself entirely. So currently, neither one of these guys is involved in WWE. All right, this has been another episode of I Hate Wrestling. I'm your host, Matt, international man of wrestling. I want to thank my guest, Ahmed, for hosting us in his beautiful home. It's an apartment, but okay. Apartment is a home? This house is not a home. Home's where the heart is. Heart? Heart. Break? No. Kid? No. Uh... I want to thank the I want to thank the Novas for my theme song "The Crusher." I want to thank my good friend Corinne Donoff for the, my beautiful, beautiful, beautiful logo. I want to remind you, dear listener out there in Radio Land, to like, subscribe, comment, rate, review iTunes, SoundCloud. Uh, yeah, you know, check us out on Facebook, right? People do that. I've got a Facebook. He's got a Facebook. Yeah, don't add me. Uh, don't don't add him. Uh, we got uh, we got a Facebook. I got the official I got the official website now at ihwpod.com where you can buy where you can buy official I hate wrestling merchandise. How many how many pieces of official I hate merchandise? Can I tell you something, friend? You have decided to only have adult small as your smallest size. I'm not an adult small. I'm not even an adult if I can be honest. <laughs> I'm a I'm a young lad. Okay. All right, uh, I need an extra small, if anything. A youth large is preferable. All right, so you're so you're, you're throwing me under the bus right now. I, I apologize. I was going to ask you if you, you threw had me under the bus. I can't fit your, into your shirts. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Like I, 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 I like to ask my guests now. I'm trying to be more conscientious. Sure. I'm trying to ask them if they have anything they want to plug, if they want to say. And you're you're here, and you're plugging uh, acceptance. How is that possible? And 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 diversity. No, and, no one, and, and, and and believing in your dreams. No one said any of those. <laughs> you're throwing this on me. I've never preached acceptance. So what I should throw on you instead is uh, is a youth size large t-shirt. Youth large, Heather Gray. Heather Gray. Uh, uh, hopefully tagless. I don't like the tag in the back. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't think it's that difficult. Nobody likes that shit. What the tag? Yeah, it's garbage. It's trash. Yeah. It's itchy as hell. It's trash garbage. Uh, so, Ahmed's right. I'm going to hook uh, all my fans up with t-shirts from now on. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but we got mugs. We got... Uh, we got uh, Pins? Pins. We got patches. No, we don't. We don't. We have stickers. We have bandanas. Do you know what you sell? <laughs> bandanas for fat dogs. Nice. Uh, we and got... British Bulldog. No, he's a miniature pincher, actually. Um, <laughs> uh Fuck me. I'm dying here. What are you, what's going on here? You okay? My head feels like it's about to explode. I gotta get home and take some fucking NyQuil and then pass out. I got out. some drugs in here. I gotta drive home. I'm straight edge until I get home. Oh, until you get out. Until I get home. Nice. That's right. Um, oh. Did I... <sighs> you plug the shirts and stuff. I plug the shirts. Uh, Facebook. Facebook. Instagram. Instagram. I have that. I hate okay. wrestling. And on, Inst on Instagram. Yep. Uh, I'm on Twitter now. IHW Pod. IHW Pod. That's right. IHW. 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 That's right. Uh, 
Fuck, I think that's everything. Uh, yeah, that's your dumbass question you always ask. Are you doing that? So. Yeah, we're doing that. We're doing that. You can't escape it. Never okay, mind. I'm Nerd. in. I'm in. What's up, brother? I'm ready. Come here to me. I don't want to. No, listen. You're sick. Just, just metaphorically, join, join me in this space. If you were going to be a pro wrestler, if you were going to have a pro wrestling character uh-huh. this week, sure. what would it be? Little Dick Yorio. <laughs> what's, your, what's your gimmick as Little Dick Yorio? What's up? What's your gimmick as Little Dick Yorio? Oh, oh, that's explain. That's, explain to the people out there what sure. Little Dick Yorio is all about. Imagine, if you might, may, may, if you, may, if, if you, you may, if you may, my, if you took like a like a hot dog, I may, my, may, my, if you took a hot dog bun, right? Okay? Sure. So you get the the bun, yes, and you get the hot dog inside, sure. I'm it. What's that, brother? Your wrestling character. Well, oh, right, little Dicky Oreo. Little Dicky Oreo. Okay, so you got the hot dog bun. Yeah. You got yeah. you got one bun. You so got a second bun. You got two yeah. bun halves. And... Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, point point it. My gimmick is basically. I'm I'm sweet and sour. <laughs> And you can be twisted apart. Yes. And I once twisted my testicles, guys. This is not a joke. They're uh, fine now, though. Uh-huh. Yeah, I sat on a train. That's it. That's literally the only thing that happened. I sat on the train and they twisted. Like, you sat on I sat, top of the train? No, man. Like I went on the path and I sat <laughs> down. I was, like, I was running to catch the train. I sat down and boom. And you got, you got that torsion. I got that torsion. That testicular torsion. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, bro, yeah. I got the torsion. Yo, my balls are thirty-eight thousand dollars worth. <laughs> you can't listen. I got thirty-eight grand invested in my balls. And just one of them. And just the one ball. The yeah. other one was fine. The other one was fine. It, it never descended, but it's fine. <laughs> Which is why I sound like McLovin mixed with like. Okay. Yeah. All right. I need to go home. <laughs> Yo, I need, to eat, I need to eat dinner. <laughs> Fuck you, it's like 11.19 p.m. Yeah, I'm going to have some black, uh, black beans and rice. Okay. Good call. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Just end this fucking recording. <laughs> Fuck. So we're going to Fuck. Nothing that personifies that. I want domination. I want your succession. Yeah, man. I want to roll the dice. Yeah. Bad, 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 bad.